0: part two of a three-part series crew let's ranch it up good day everyone and thanks for riding with us as we ranch it up i'm jeff tigger Earhart. a big thank you to our ranch it up lineup the american Galvey association abrahamson rodeo company westway feed products neogen allied genetic resources livestockmarket.com equinemarket.com auctiontime.com RFD-TV, The Cowboy Channel, and Wrangler. We start our second part of a three-part series on our big three, RCAF, USCA, and NCBA. Each organization gets a chance to share their platform, their thoughts of the current industry, maybe what we need to do going forward. So sit back and listen, ask the questions that you need to ask, and then follow through by reaching out to whomever that you feel you need to. Sitting back and doing nothing accomplishes nothing. Arguing among ourselves accomplishes nothing. If something needs to change in your opinion, stand up, say what needs to be changed, and here's the kicker, offer a solution how. So today is part two, NCBA President Don Schieffelbein. We talk about checkoff, current conditions, packer concerns, and more. What is your opinion of our cattle business our cattle market today where, where do you think you're at we're at in your opinion good bad and indifferent
1: i think it's very positive from a demand standpoint i think if uh, we would have tried to predict in the 80s where beef demand might be we would have been so far off we would never have imagined that producers would like our products so much that they would begin they would share their dollars to the extent they are buying beef And I think that demand for beef is incredible. I think the only adjustment we need to make, and I think it's going to happen over the next couple of years, is to make sure that cattlemen get their fair share of those dollars that are being paid out by the consumer in record levels.
0: So how do we go about doing that as another cattleman? How do we go about because everybody is, I guarantee, just perked up and they said, great, I'm raising my hand. Uh, give me some, how do we go about doing that?
1: Well, to to me, it's a two part response. One is we just have the marketplace numbers going in our direction. So just natural attrition of cow numbers is really, really going to benefit us over the next couple of years. The other things and I give credit to the industry as a whole, and NCBA was a key component in this, but the dollars we've established through USDA to allow some of these mid-sized independent packing companies to take hold and begin to add shackle space so that supply-demand dynamics switches back in favor of producers, to me, will be incredible. In fact, I think it's going to be a one-two punch probably about two years from now that we're going to wake up and say, finally, finally, we're getting our fair share of that retail dollar
0: there is a lot of distrust that people have in the ncba let's just talk about that because there's people that say wait a minute what don just said is what we want but we don't feel like that is what is happening we feel that there is favoritism being given to one industry and that is the packing industry i got to go down this rabbit hole with you don and say how do you address those people that have distrust right now in what is happening
1: yeah, and and there's a lot of that information that's flowing out there, and I think misinformation flowing. I think they need to engage once, and I, I tell you what, and I don't know if you've ever been to an NCBA conference mm-hmm. or your listeners have, but when you see firsthand the dynamics of how we do policy, everything will change. What you'll find out is this idea that we take our marching orders from Packers is not only incorrect, it's, it's like crazy talk. So when you come to our meetings and see that when we develop policies, it is cow calf guys, it's some feed yard guys, but it's uh, producers at all levels throughout the United States saying, which direction do we want to attack this issue? But since I've been involved, and that would be since I think I've been in NCBA meetings, not as aggressively involved as I am right now, but since uh, about 1990. I have never, ever seen a packer put forth a proposal, nor have one get anything passed that would align our policy in their favor.
0: Talking the tough topics we are after the break, we're going to be tackling the checkoff. Stick around. The Ranch It Up radio show will be right back. (music) Gelvy and Balancer, crossbreeding that counts. Performance, productivity, profitability. Gelvy and Balancer cattle deliver the value galvian balancer smart reliable profitable the continental breed of choice want to add just a little bit of spice to your event your customer appreciation supper your banquet your meeting oh yeah well bring in us beckonize your keynote speakers hosts MCs, a host couple we'll make them laugh even cry tears of joy call us today Crew, it's super easy to get a hold of the boss lady and I, and we want to hear any beef that you may have, or maybe just let us know what's happening out there in cow country. 707 Ranch 20 is the hotline. Leave us a voicemail or fire us a text. 707 Ranch 20.
1: Upcycling and efficiency, powered by liquid feed and protein and mineral tub supplements from Westway Feed Products, all designed to complement your forages. At Westway Feed Products, we create cow herd efficiency one lick at a time. Welcome
0: back to the Ranch It Up radio show, going into part two of our show today with Don Schiefelbein, president of the NCBA. We're talking checkoff dollars. I need to address this one, too, and that is in regards to the checkoff. Mm -hmm. You and I have had multiple conversations over the year about the checkoff of all different facets. Again, there are a group of people that say, Don I'm not sure that those checkoff dollars are actually being used for me. I don't understand. I don't see where maybe they're coming back to my state. I don't see it enough where where we are promoting beef. Where's our checkoff dollars being put to use here? Why are our checkoff dollars being put to use there? Now, you and I could have multiple, multiple radio shows just on the one topic here and probably still not address everyone's question. But just generally speaking, let's talk about checkoff. Let's talk about where dollars are being spent, and then let's address uh, the, the main question of those people that say we feel we, we're not seeing it come
1: back to our state. So, so first of all, you have to understand the checkoff is an act and order that we have to follow. And as you know, and maybe your listeners do not, there are limitations that are surprising to most and what we can and what we can't do with the checkoff dollars. So basically, the way it was developed is it's largely two things, promotion and end product research. Anything else is hands off. And it's a government involved checkoff, which means it has further limitations. So, for example, if, if you were to ask me the single largest fear I have going forward, I would probably say fake meat. I'd say that oh. is the single largest worry I have. But if you look at what we can do and what we can't do with checkoff dollars, we can't do anything to do a comparison ad with fake meat because USDA is going to deem that disparaging a competitor and the dollars can't be spent there. So everything any entity does has to go through the lens of USDA and they have to say pass, fail. So they ultimately allow you or disallow you to do some pretty aggressive advertising and promotions that we can't do that we probably otherwise would do just because we're handcuffed to the act and the order.
0: So if fake meat, and I, I agree with you that one, Don, if fake meat is on the absolute forefront and you say, this is what I'm really scared about going forward for my children and my grandchildren getting into the beef business. If we are the MCBA. And if the usda is is governing us of saying, "Yes, you can do this. No, you can't do that. Why can't we just change the darn rule?"
1: Yeah, and you have to open up the act and the order. and and, and if you want to open that act in order and believe that the Congress is going to approve the majority that we do that, then it makes good sense. But as you know right now, the timing to probably do something in a promotion for agriculture with the current setup of who's in charge, Maybe unwise at the moment. And the other clarity I want to make sure mm-hmm. that I kind of clear up is, remember, this checkoff and NCBA sometimes are used synonymously. They act as if NCBA equals checkoff and vice versa. Nothing could be further from the truth. I want to make sure everybody understands. When the decision goes down on how we should spend the money, NCBA does not Pull that decision. We don't say how to spend the money. What we do is we put forth ideas to a group of a board that decides how they will spend the money. Okay, that board is made up of a ten p or twenty people, ten that are coming from you, basically people who the ag secretary puts on a CBB or the Checkoff Beef Board. Mm-hmm. Okay. We have zero, NCB has zero say in those 10 people. That is a USDA agricultural decision. So that's half the board. The other half of the board comes from our state beef consuls. okay? So they have a federation of beef consuls. They put on the other half. So they say, in our area, we want this guy to be, or I want this guy to be. That board or those group of individuals Absolutely decides how dollars are spent, not NCBA that group. So if you have a, a gripe or a concern that dollars aren't being spent well, that operating committee of the checkoff is who decides how the dollars are spent, not NCBA. What we do as NCBA is we're we're a contractor, just like Meat Export Federation's a contractor, just like I think there's twenty other entities that are a contract. What we do is they put out their long-range plan, okay? So the beef industry has a long-range plan. Various contractors say, we're going to attack this area, and we're going to say, okay, here's an opportunity that we would like to do for the checkoff as a contractor to help fill this need. That, That operating committee decides thumbs up or thumbs down if we support it. Okay. And then we sometimes get the, the bid and sometimes we don't. So it's a whole series of basically uh, grant opportunities or uh, financial opportunities that we present, the checkoff board, that they sift through everything they receive and say, should I or should I not give them the money?
0: And I know personally many people that uh, sit on the on the beef board, and they are members of multiple different organizations sure. i mean they're they're members of of the different cattlemen's organizations that are on there
1: exactly and so that's and those are the decision makers that's why I want to make sure it's clear. This idea that NCBA equals checkoff, nothing could be further from the truth. What we are is we are a contractor. So we bid out our business to do work for them. The checkoff decides who they should hire, okay? And this operating committee is the decider and the hirer of who gets money. So it's as simple as that. So I, this, this, this thing needs to be crushed, and I'm glad you asked the question there because this idea that we're one and the same, we're independent from them entirely. Now, we do spend lots of their money. I will say where we differ from almost every other contractor, And this is a big distinguishing factor, is when somebody attacks the checkoff, we are usually the only contractor to come to their defense. And we do that not with checkoff dollars, because they are prohibited, we actually do that through membership dollars, so that's from a person deciding they're going to be a member of NCBA, and we say the checkoff, this marketing promotion arm of our industry is so important that we can't allow somebody to knock out the only dollars we do in our industry to promote it. And so we come to their defense, and that's why they sometimes connect us, but there is no requirement for us to come to their defense. It's because leaders like myself say, does it make sense for NCBA to use our own money, our own membership money, to defend the checkoff for the long-term good of our industry? The other things that NCBA does, they have to do it with their membership dollars. And those are the things like fight fake meat in the legislation, whether it's overreach by EPA, whether it's uh, them trying to get the WOTUS rule passed, et cetera. Those are all dollars that are not spent by Chekhov at all. Those are all membership dollars from NCBA on all these other issues that I call basically stay in business issues. So if there's an issue that where somebody probably is trying to put us out of business, nine times out of 10, and maybe it's even greater than that, checkoff dollars can't be used to defend it. A long-term, how do we keep our industry viable by increasing market share and promoting? Checkoff dollars can do it because it becomes marketing and research. These other ones, the stable ones that keep you in business, that is all membership dollars from NCBA. How do we go
0: about bringing people together? How, how do we do that? And, and, and that's, I'm asking for the silver bullet. And if you have it, if you would please pass it this direction.
1: <laughs> no, no, but you're, you're, this whole conversation that you started gets us down the road. It's not going to happen overnight. But right, what right? it starts with, and I think you've laid it out almost perfectly. It starts with, do you trust people? Okay. Do you trust the leadership? And so cattlemen have to decide, and hopefully they're feeling a change that's occurring or increasing trust. The biggest distraction our industry does is we pick out these wedge issues. Good example is, should government mandates be involved in marketing? Okay, Mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm. a wedge issue. Mm -hmm. So it makes half the people really upset the one way and the other half mad the other way. We concentrate all of our energy on these wedge issues that are almost self-destructing in themselves, right? Because you're not gonna find a common ground there because people like myself don't want government in the business, right? Others may want it, but I'm probably not gonna come around to waking up one day and saying, you know what? It's probably a good idea for the government to be involved in our market. I'm probably not. Where we need to be concentrated, and this is where I think the biggest error is occurring in our industry, There are some mega issues that as we're fighting about these wedge issues, things like fake meat, when's the last time you heard all of our industry affiliates get together and say, you know what, focus on what really matters. How do we make sure the future is there when fake meat's up and running from Petri dishes? Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. When's the
1: last time? The other issue, and I think we saw it play out in real time through this whole pandemic and we better have begin to get our eyes open. Imagine if a disease outbreak occurred in the beef industry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What do you think the response to the government officials would be should an outbreak occur today? Because we saw what they did when it occurred in humans. They're going to shut our industry down. Okay. And our enemies of our industry, if you look at fake meat in a disease outbreak, they are lying just waiting for either one of those to occur. And they're going to pounce like there's no tomorrow. We're going to have to wake up and figure out, we, if we don't work together, we're going to watch our future just dissipate. And I believe it strongly, strongly, strongly. If you believe NCBA needs to go in a different direction, the last thing you need to do is quit the organization. You need to get your neighbors to join the organization with yourself Because that's how we're going to make meaningful change. And the analogy I always give is there are directions that are occurring in the United States that I am not happy with, okay? There are trends that scare me to death for the future of America. Because I'm opposed to what's currently happening, do I disengage with America? Do I quit voting? Do I say I'm not going to play in that sandbox anymore? I'm going to go home? I hope not. I hope what it does is it causes people to further engage, further get involved, come to those meetings, see for yourself, and have your way be NCBA's way by getting your neighbors and friends to be the majority.
0: Don Schiefelbein, president of the National Cattlemen's Beef Association, the NCBA. I know we appreciate you coming on the show and visiting very much. Thank you again. Next week. We wrap up part three with Jess Peterson and the United States Cattlemen's Association, the USCA. So mark it on your calendar and keep it tuned right here. Up next, market updates from livestockmarket.com and Kirk has the numbers. This coming from our partners from Neogen. Now over the next several months, we will be bringing you insect control solutions, money-saving tips, how to establish biosecurity during a time of pinching pennies, All that and lots, lots more from our crew from Neogium. Gelvy genetics deliver maternal superiority in planned crossbreeding systems. Highly productive cows with adaptability, versatility, and stayability can have a positive impact on your bottom line. Gelvian Balancer, smart, reliable, profitable, the continental breed of choice. Check out livestockmarket.com. Sales manager for livestockmarket.com, Mark Vanzi.
2: Livestockmarket.com is a centralized online platform for online sales of all types of livestock, as well as hay and straw.
0: Livestockmarket.com is brought to you by Tractor House and Auction Time, the industry-leading marketplace for connecting buyers and sellers of farm equipment. The online platform that works without all the restrictions. Livestockmarket.com. On Facebook, too. The necessities of life. Food. Water. Shelter. And your favorite radio hosts. This is Jeff Tigger Earhart.
1: and rebecca warner aka
0: beck join us every week right here for the ranch it up radio show and the
1: bend radio show
0: we talk cattle markets, sale barn reports news
1: cooking lifestyle outdoors recreation
0: and everything in between
1: and there's a lot in between
0: ranch it up
1: and the bend
0: margins are the tightest that i can remember in diesel well that's the highest i've ever seen So how do we survive? Where do we make cuts? Where don't we make cuts? I think it has long-term consequences that we have to think about. It's not easy, but we'll be diving into those topics, the tough ones. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for
3: hanging with us.
0: Kirk Nonsbach, Stonex Financial Incorporated. Kirk, the numbers, what do you got for us?
3: All right, Tigger, we'll jump right into it. As of Friday, August 5th. August feeder futures closed at 180, 12 and a half. That's up $1.37 and a half on the week with the CME feeder index at 175.43. a very salty $3.12 rally in the index week over week, leaving our basis a negative $3.74 and a half cents. So a pretty normalized basis, I'd say. August Live contract closed the week at $137.95, up $1.65, dollar sixty-five, with cash trading one thirty-five to thirty-eight in the south, 140 to one forty-six in the north with the five area weighted average at one forty fifty-two, and that is a dollar forty-five higher on the week, leaving our basis a positive two fifty-seven. Again, pretty normalized basis. Our weekly slaughter did struggle a little bit, only six hundred and fifty-one thousand this last week down 18,000 from the prior week but 7,000 over the same week last year. Choice boxes and this is where the market gets a little bit concerning for me. Choice boxes traded 26462. That's down $4.62 on the week. And I'm going to mention exports this week, they were only 12,046 metric ton. That's uh, a pretty marginal number accumulated exports are still 102.9% of last year, but they're declining. And I mentioned exports this week because of the beef demand, so the actual hamburger, if you will. Those indicators, i.e. box prices, exports, retail reports, have all started kind of to trend negative. And they're showing the effects of inflation and the recession and the high dollar. And of course, this conflict's with the declining national herd, declining carcass weight and the increased cash demand we've been seeing, definitely a, a conflicting market right now. To wrap this up, December corn traded 609 on Friday, that's down 13 and a quarter cents on the week. It's Mark Van Zee from
2: livestockmarket.com. Coming up this Wednesday, August 17th, is our special sheep and goat online auction. 800 head will sell across 81 lots. Bidding opens at just $10 a head, no reserve, and all lots will sell. Featured lots include 300 crossbred, Rambouillet Columbia mixed ewe lambs, sorted off feedlot inventory. They've had some corn, but they're currently just on a hay mixture. May, June born, vaccinated, and dewormed from Newman sheep in Julesburg, Colorado. 100 head of Cadin and Catadin dorper ewe lambs, born January, February. They average 90 pounds, have not been pushed at all, just on grass since the middle of May from Meadowlark Ridge Farm in Newell, South Dakota. 150 head of bred and exposed running age Dorper and Dorper hair ewes, 2 to 5 years old, currently running with white Dorper rams from 3B livestock in Amarillo, Texas. 55 head of bred and exposed Dorper catted ewes, 1 to 4 years old, running with Dorper rams since February, wormed and feet trimmed. They're lambing now from weedy livestock in Horton, Kansas. 40 head of polypay, Sam, white face replacement ewe lambs, January, February born, vaccinated with C, D, and T, and weaned early April from Balfini Farm in Sacred Heart, Minnesota. 19 head of Spanish Kiko boar, bred nannies, bred to a black Dapple Billy, due October 1st, dewormed, feet trimmed from Riverside Livestock in Falls City, Nebraska, plus 10 registered breeding age rams from all across the listening area, Katadin, Dorper, Sam, Hamp, and South Cattle lots include 15 Texas Longhorns from Wilder's Farm in Clayton, North Carolina, three Simangus, Simital, and Charlay bulls from Collier Cattle, two purebred registered Hereford bulls from F-Bar Cattle in Hughes Springs, Texas, two purebred Brahma bulls out of registered stock from GNR Cattle in Terrell, Texas. Hay lots include 40 large squares, 100 small squares, pictures and videos of these lots and more on LivestockMarket.com or Auction Time today. Bidding closes Wednesday, August 17th.
0: And that's going to wrap it up for today. A big thanks from our crew to yours, Don Schiefelbein the president of the NCBA, Mark Vanzi with LivestockMarket.com, and Kirk Donsbach with Stonex Financial Incorporated. A big thank you from our partners, the American Galvy Association, Abrahamson Rodeo Company, Westway Feed Products, Neogen, Allied Genetic Resources, Livestock Market.com, Equine Market.com, AuctionTime.com, RFDTV, The Cowboy Channel, and Wrangler. Crew, so glad y'all came with us one more time as we ranch it up. Be sure to like and follow us on Facebook at Ranch It Up Show. Our email is ranch it up show at gmail.com. Y'all know that. And call and text us 24 7 at 707 RANCH2O. Join us again next week for part three, where it's always Tigger proofed Stay ranchy and ranch it up.